Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lana Vienna Suite podcast, episode 134. I'm joined today by James Jarvis, our technical whiz, for another special episode with a very special guest. He is a former central defender who was instrumental in Bolton's first ever qualification into European football in 2005, making 52 appearances and scoring eight goals in all competitions for the Whites. Please welcome to the podcast, Radi Jaidi. Radi, I know it's a difficult time for everyone at the moment, so thank you very much for making time to come and speak to us. Yes, uh, thank you guys, you know, to connect with me and uh, I'm really pleased, you know, to uh, connect with the Bolton fans. Thank you very much. Oh, it's a pleasure is all ours. Pleasure is all ours. For uh, Bolton fans who don't know, obviously you are now managing over in America for uh, Hartford Athletic in Connecticut. How, uh, before all this crisis started, how has that been going for you? It's been going very, very well um, till till we heard about, obviously, the uh, the suspension of the uh, the league and obviously the training, but we had really good uh, six weeks pre-season. Uh, we worked on all aspects and on many aspects, included the values and building the culture within the team, and then uh, we worked on a lot of on the pitch, you know, on on the philosophy and the way we're playing. And we had uh, seven friendly games that we uh, we um, enjoyed watching the players and assisting, you know, their development. Unfortunately, we were ready. You know, obviously, we were ready to play the to start the league on, uh, I think, on Friday the 13th, and then um, and then on Thursday we heard about you know the uh, the crisis, the coronavirus crisis, and we had to suspend you know the league. So, um, so far, as long as we're healthy and safe, so uh, it is fine. No, that's good. Um, what made you decide to go over to America after 15 years in England? And obviously, you were coaching at Southampton, but this was your first job as a full manager of a team. Yeah, obviously, basically, since the last, uh, I think, with with the new, my development cycle, I called it, since 2017, when I took over the under-23s in Southampton and uh, and finished my A license. That's why I started, you know, to think about um, managing and, and be, you know, uh, uh, a manager uh, in a senior level. Um, I ha- we had a really good success with the 23s Academy boys, Um uh, in the league and and developing players to the first team, but always in the back of my head, you know, I wanted to be first team manager. We all know 23s. Uh, the gap between 23s and a senior is is is, is big, uh, especially if you want to coach and and or manage in a, in, a, in a Premier League. But obviously, I prepared, you know, my plan same as any coach or any manager. I put a plan A and plan B, um, and ultimately, obviously. Uh, I had this opportunity uh, through uh, the partnership between the both clubs, Southampton and, and Hartford. That's what uh, encouraged me to come to uh, all the way long to USA. Um, I never thought about it. I never thought to go to USA or anywhere else. I wanted to to be in England, but you know the opportunities. When the opportunity comes, um, I took it because uh, I saw the potential. Um, uh, opportunity and also also the uh, the 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 benefit from it personally. Well, you're used to obviously having to uproot and go quite a long way across the world, especially having joined Bolton when you were uh, 28 from uh, Esperance in uh, in Tunisia. Given that it was relatively late in your career when you made that move, uh, it seems to me quite an odd thing to do. A lot of people seem to move when they're younger. Had there been interest in England before you made the move to Bolton? Yes, definitely. Obviously, uh, there's a there's a long story about it, but I'll try to keep it short. 
Um, <laughs> no, don't go into detail. It's, it's, all, <laughs> it's all related to my development as a from young age as a academy boy, moving a, a move, moving the ages and the levels till I till I uh, made it to the first team. But uh, but obviously. Uh, Something at that time in, in Tunisia was was stopping me and holding me from from you know um, going to abroad. It was you know our success in in the experience of Tunisia. We we uh, and our obviously aim and ambition you know to win the uh, the African Champions League. And I was a captain and I was you know like a main main player in the team. It was difficult for me to take a decision to go abroad till till the moment obviously when we won the African. Uh, no, uh, Cup of Nation with Tunisia 2004. I had a, a good desire from uh, from Bolton Wonders and and Samala Dice to to bring me to England, uh, as England was was uh, one of the aim uh, personally uh, to to play in the Premier League and be involved in a in in in, a, in that level. Uh, before that, I had West Ham. Um, I think that time was with Alan Pardew, but. Uh, West Ham had an issue and the thing gets relegated in 2003 or 2002, 2003 season. So it was difficult for me to 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 go. Um, I think you know I waited long, so I waited long to finish my development. Um, as in Tunisia, that time was not really um, the de development, uh, especially at youth level, was not um, uh, at, at that level. Uh, but also, I uh, was challenging, you know, to play in a senior in, in Esperance. Esperance always had, you know, some old experience, you know, centre-backs, internationals. I was young centre-backs, so I was fighting, I was training hard, I was developing myself and, and then waiting for the opportunity to establish myself as a, as a main player. And then at 24, 25, that's why I managed, you know, to, to establish myself as a, as a main player. Um, nationally and internationally, um, and then around three years till I get my chance, you know, to be picked by obviously Bolton Wanderers. So it was, it's a longer story. There is a lot of learned. There's a lot of learned curves, you know, uh, in around it, uh, personal and 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 um, and social as well, uh, but also educational. Um, uh, I learned a lot, and that served me really well when I came to England uh, in, in general, whether in Bolton or when I moved to Birmingham and Southampton later on uh, during my career. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you talk about learning curves. Do you think it was easier to make the transition from Tunisian football to the Premier League because you were more <laughs> experienced? I'm sure oh, there was quite a, a quite a difference in quality. Yeah, obviously, when I came, I was 27 to Bolton Wanderers. Um, like like I said, some someone in Tunisia that told me it's too late. You know, some of the, some of our, my teammates that finished their career at 27. Really? So, yeah. So so it was like a surprising, but um, but it was like a hold the breathe in Tunisia. What was going on here? So it was a success because you know I'm, I was the first you know Tunisian player to 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 play in the, in the, in the, in the prestigious Premier League. Uh, uh, in the same time, that age helped me to 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 deal with the challenges, um, socially, cultural, and obviously um, adapt myself to 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 the uh, to the level of the league. Um, so I didn't find it really hard. 
uh, probably my family who struggled a little bit, my wife and my daughter at that time. Um, obviously, I, I, I go to train on a daily basis and enjoy it. My wife, she has, she has to shift and then um, renew all, all social and all connection, you know, all the way along. So she needs to have new friends, new neighbors, new environment, new mentality. So it was difficult for her less for me because I go to train, I go to meet, you know, football players that can hear stories, that can ask questions. Yeah. Obviously, Bolton Wonders, they made it really easy at that time with Sam Aladice. We have a, we have players, leaders and officers who help us, you know, in, outside and inside the training ground and they give us advice and they give our family advice and support. So one of the things that helped, you know, me and my family but also, you know, um, in football, in the football was easier for me because, you know, as I said, you know, that time football is an is international language. So you go to the pitch and express yourself as a football player. And uh, I think, you know, the numbers and the success I had that, that year is, is amazing for, for my personal point of view. Oh, certainly. You, you started very, very well at Bolton, obviously getting quite a few goals as well. But did it help you, do you think, having uh, Bruno and Gotti, for example, playing alongside you, a French-speaking player, help with the adjustment? Yes, obviously, when I joined Bolton Wanderers in 2004-2005 season, I think Bolton, they already established themselves in somehow, you know, in the Premier League. You know, I think it was the second or third third season uh, in, the, in, the, in the Premier League and uh, they have already, you know, some main players. And Bruno was one of them who, uh, at the back, understand, you know, the environment and the atmosphere at Reebok Stadium. And understand, you know, obviously Sam Allardyce, you know, perceptions. Um, but also there is Kevin Nell and Kevin Davis, Ricardo Vard, uh, Gardner, uh, Nicky Hunt, uh, UCS Kalainen. They've already been there um, in, in that, you know, setup. Um, and this helped me massively um, when I came to connect with them. Um, and then obviously, uh, I'm not for, forgetting uh, JJ Okocha and. Uh, <laughs> How could you forget? And, and yeah, JJ Okocha and um, Ivan Campo. You know, we, we had we had a really good, you know, uh, uh, squad uh, with a multi culture, but also uh, established and really good environment and atmosphere for any player who comes from abroad, who comes from from different, you know, environment to to adapt himself as quick as possible. So. Yes, you know, answer your questions. Bruno Gotti, especially at the back, at the defense, he was he was someone who always cover, who always tried to keep the distance between me and him. I was, you know, the one who has the will to go and head it, to to challenge, you know, the the strikers, and he always there to cover and he adapt himself. Obviously, he's experienced, experienced player, and uh, he played in a really good levels, a really high levels in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, so it was good. Yeah, you, you talk about your aerial ability. You didn't just use that at the back. You used it to try and score goals as well. Was was that something that was always part of your game, being a goal-scoring centre-half? Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy uh, being involved in a set place, uh, especially free kicks and and, uh, and the corners. Uh, Bolton Unders, we were we scary everyone at that time. Uh, even the biggest the biggest team, obviously. Um, I enjoy training and and practicing in a, in a training session you know the headers and and then um and then scoring goals uh, but also in the games i, I try, always try you know to uh, to have um, a positive impact on the team and and uh, and help the team you know to win the games or go back in the games through the set place and uh, i don't miss any 
any opportunity to do that. Um, it's been, you know, my my strength since I was in Tunisia, and I scored a lot of goals as well back in Tunisia with the Esperance. Do you have a favourite goal that you scored for Bolton? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I never forget, you know, my first goal uh, in uh, in uh, the old Highbury against Arsenal. Uh, we were losing one one nil, and then JJ Kocha on on a corner, and then I uh, I smashed the smashed the the, the ball into the back of the net. But the power and the sensation about it, I think that released as well my my uh, if I can say my bit little bit of uh, timidity, you know, because it's it's yeah. second game. I think it's the second game. Um, in in my career in in England, and obviously I just I was just new, but you know the the goal came in a, in a good timing uh, to to give me you know the confidence to give me the 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 power to 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 showcase you know my potential and and enjoy myself basically uh, in the Premier League. Well, it, it's it's certainly my favourite goal of yours. That I think I think the commentary um, that I remember from that, where it's a thumping header from Roddy Jade, and it certainly was. I think it almost broke Ashley Cole's hand on the line. It was that powerful. Yeah, it was a mistake from him to try, you know, to stop it with his hand. But obviously, <laughs> that yeah, no, it's, it's, every, every time I watch that goal back, um, I feel I feel you know the goosebumps in them, and uh, and it's really good. It's really good sensation about it. Um, that that game we drew two two. Against you know very tough you know Arsenal team with with Thierry Henry and Co. Yeah. And um, it was a good result coming back from uh, from Highbury. And I thought that gives you know the whole team the right you know directions in terms of uh, in terms of uh, our our uh, performance in the league. Yeah, certainly. You can see from the celebration, Roddy, how much it meant to you. I think that's one of the most excitable celebrations we've seen in a Bolton shirt. Running over to the away. Yeah. <laughs> The celebration is always make me laugh because you know. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't know what to do to be fair. I, I didn't prepare. I didn't prepare any celebration. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. I knew that <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that's a great goal for for me and for the for the team. That's it. I was not. I was never. I was never good. You know, in the celebration. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, you. It, I think it just shows that there's a real passion there when it sort of just takes over and you don't really know what to do. I, th- I think that. Is one of the reasons why you were such a popular figure with the fans, certainly from my perspective. Also because, as, as I've said in the introduction, you got into Europe with, with Bolton and you're after your first season, which you know obviously the first time that it ever happened for the club. Uh, what was that like for the squad at the time? I imagine morale was very, very high. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing and extraordinarily, you know, I was I was proud um, alongside my teammates when we made it to Europe, obviously. Take, taking Bolton Wanderers, obviously, I, I was part of that process, and and it's p- proud to be part of that process of whatever years took took Bolton, you know, Wanderers to come to come from lower divisions into Premier League and then make it to Europe. It's um, it's historical, you know, moment for the club, um, and and for the fans especially, and and for us to be part of it. As I said, you know, is the most proud moment for us. Um, but but um, again, you know, you feel confident, you feel powerful, you feel strong. Um, but also, you know, you're making that link with with the fans, with the club. It's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, these moments that I will never forget um, through my through my uh, football career. Was it was it a surprise to the squad, or were you aiming to try and get into Europe? Did Sam have that goal for you? Um. 
Well, if if you if you if you uh, go back to the start of the season and then you say to anyone, you know, Bolton Wanderers will make it to Europe, probably he won't he won't uh, um, believe that. No, uh, some of them probably will laugh at you. Uh, but <laughs> as as but as you as you see the building up of the season, especially toward the end, okay. So because we had a really uh, we had a setback, we had a setback during December, which is. Uh, Obvious and and, yeah. uh, and and normal in in, in Premier League, uh, especially for the mid-table teams and and lower table teams. There's always struggled there, um, but but you know straight away we picked up uh, in January and then uh, uh, I remember the the key the key game I remember was was Birmingham away. Um, we, uh, we 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 went through a good uh, psychology week before that. With the with the staff, with the with the manager Samaladais, uh, we discussed about you know the the any any potential you know challenges, any potential issues. Um, we had to so, we had to sort out. Basically, we had really good leaders in the team. We had really good experienced team uh, players in the team. Start from as I said, you know Gary Speed, JJ Okocha. Um, we had, you know, Fernando Hierro. We had, you know, Evan Campo. Some experienced players there. Uh, every time I go and, and reflect on that time, I said, "Oh my bloody hell! There, there is a really good players there." But not just the quality and the experience. And then, uh, and then that game, we sat down as a players with a psychologist and we spoke about, you know, the issues. And then we we put as a Birmingham uh, Birmingham game was was a key for us away. Birmingham was was challenging as well the um, the relegation that year, and um, obviously we won that game two one and that the game where we started you know good run of wins, uh, home and away, um, and that and that's where we started you know to feel about you know we we were gaining you know points and then we were gaining you know uh, a higher position on the table till till the last game against Everton I remember. Um, that game, uh, I think at home, we we won three uh, two. I scored the goal of that game. I remember that. That's why I remember it. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> I remember uh, all of those ones. And then we confirmed we confirmed uh, the 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 qualification the qualification to Europe. And it was amazing, you know, run. To be fair, as I said, you know, the the second half of the, of the season was amazing, and was uh, there was a lot of. Uh, Ups and downs, but we we were consistent in term of the performance and in term of uh, you know uh, potentially making to the to Europe. That's where we started to believe that. No, certainly, I, I remember the Birmingham game, uh, Kevin Nolan's goal in the last minute, and you just see the relief that it that it brought all over the squad. It, it was one of those moments, as you say, it was like a watershed moment almost. Um, obviously, we moving into the the following season, going into the UEFA Cup. Did you think that uh, the squad was well equipped to deal with the extra challenges? Because as you see nowadays, a lot of teams when they qualify for Europe, they then struggle in the league because they're focused elsewhere. Yeah, I think I think we we had a we had a pretty the uh, there's a there's a quite changes not 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 major changes um, in in a team. Uh, we had some new players coming in. I think like uh, Edith Nakata. If I remember, um, not much, not many players, but you know, I think, you know, same as any um, teams um, uh, in the mid-table, um, 
uh, and um, I don't think we had a very big squad um, and some injuries we have. Even myself, I was injured, I think. Uh, so, so it was difficult to manage the Premier League and 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 the cup games and some Europe, you know, and and more and give them more games, you know, it's difficult. So that was, I believe, you know, some of that challenge that time and the staff uh, to keep the players as fit as and perform as high as possible. And if you include, you know, the experience of Europe for some players who've never been to Europe as well, um, that will probably give you the the answer of why why probably we didn't progress as as far as we can. But I think it was a really good experience um, going to Europe, going to France, going to Portugal, uh, playing in Turkey as well. These these all were good experience for me personally. Um, and, and and enjoy it and enjoy it um, and I think the fans who travels as well they enjoyed it. I, I, you talk about we didn't make it necessarily that far into the competition. I remember the Marseille game quite well where there was a handball yeah. we should have got a penalty. Uh, the second game when Stelios scored we that we then conceded we were quite unlucky. What are, what are your memories of that game? Do you think that we were unfortunate? For for Marseille I can't really remember a lot. Um, I remember obviously what I, what I what I remember is the the Marseille atmosphere obviously on on in, in an environment was was obviously Marseille one of the big clubs and they have really good history in in Europe in general. Um, I can't remember the details of the game to be fair. It's been okay. a long time for me. Um, I can't really remember. No, fair enough. I'd like to say I, I, it's the game that sticks out for me out of that cup run because I, I, in the group stages when, as you say, we played Vittoria Guimaraes, Besiktas, those kind of teams, yeah. we acquitted ourselves quite well. And then in the Marseille game, uh, the first leg, we should have had a penalty. We didn't get it. And it, it seemed quite unlucky for us to go out. But I suppose it's one of the more negative memories. So it's probably why it doesn't stick out how much. Um, do you have a favourite memory of that UEFA Cup run? Uh... Probably the the Portugal game, the one the one we, we we had. I think we had good performance. I remember we had really good performance. Um, I can't remember the result, but you know we had really good performance. And I remember we were we came out satisfied and somehow you know out from the game. Um, that that's the only thing you know. Um, 2000 and 2005 2006 season. I think it was difficult for me personally. Um, um, I think I have I had an injury, but also you know I was not you know involved you know all all all, all games or all, all all the games and there was I think if I go back and reflect again you know on my state I was emotionally a bit disappointed at some to- at some point so so yeah I was going to ask actually yeah because we had um, yourself uh, Bruno Mangotti Abdullah Faye and Talbanaim all sort of fighting for those two centre back spots did you. <laughs> Were you close with the other centre backs, or was the fact that there was competition in places mean there was a bit of a rivalry between you? Yeah, the, the competition on the pitch um, or our relationship outside has has nothing um, with our competition on the pitch. We are all friendly, all close to each other's. Um, we we like to stay next to each other's, and we we, we had a good relationship. Uh, not actually not just with the centre backs, with the whole team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm speaking about personal point of view, yeah, of um, but obviously the competition on the pitch, who plays and who not, uh, I don't think I don't think of course it's normal, uh, which well, that's what make you know the 
the uh, the beautiful game um, and I believe for Sam Allardyce was was difficult for him you know to choose one of us we all we all performing well we all have our own potential and we all keeping you know the the competition high obviously for some the main thing is to keep clean sheet you always mention that um, and and the, and the clean sheet is the key for him um, 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 I remember I think 2005 the the only issue with 2005 2006 season for me was was I want I want to be involved and play you know continuously as as a confirmed player and uh, it was normal for me to to ask about that. Some of that is so so different, you know, perspective and different way of, of managing that. It's uh, of course I accept that. And uh, again, you know, I, I was preparing 2006 World Cup as well. Um, mm. So if you have my, if you have the national team manager asking about why you're not playing on a day a weekly basis, you can tell him obviously the manager want to rotate, you know, every week and want to rotate, you know, players. You have to keep, you know, that consistency of playing and performing as an international player. So that that was my only issue, and I couldn't find really a solution to it. Did that mean there was a bit of an issue with your relationship with Sam, or did you always have a good relationship with him? I, I still speak to Sam Aladise at time, you know, now. Uh, but obviously, you know, the 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 difference of uh, of uh, opinion that that's that's normal, uh, and I accept that. Um, and this is what happened basically when I left, when I left obviously Bolton, which is I didn't want to leave Bolton. It was a it was a difference of of opinion. Some of guys wanted to play um, other other players in, in that position, and uh, he he was you know obviously um, convinced that I can play all games, and I was convinced that I can play most of the games without you know getting injured and all that stuff, uh, considering you know my age. Um, you proved and that, that, that you went on to play quite a lot for Birmingham and Southampton afterwards. So clearly, it wasn't a problem for you. Exactly. So that that's probably I don't know. Probably that's an excuse at that time, but I don't know. <laughs> no, fair enough. You you, met, you mentioned obviously you didn't want to leave Bolton. We'll come on to how that came about in a moment. But just from point point of pride, I think it is Bolton fans to see you playing at the World Cup for Tunisia and being our player. That 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 was quite special for us. What what was your memories of that World Cup and obviously the goal that you scored against Saudi Arabia? Yeah, it was really special for me, and as, as I said, you know, for the Tunisian media and newspaper that time, it's the it's the pride of my career, if I can say that. The goal I scored against, you know, Saudi Arabia, uh, and also the fruit of the sacrifice and the hard work I uh, I made throughout my youth and young age um, through my career as well. Um, I needed to I needed to you know to prove myself to the world. I needed to prove, you know, my potential to myself, uh, especially. Uh, so scoring goal, be involved in a workout first. It's it's major uh, honor and a major, you know, proud moment. But also scoring goals for my country in a workout, and then um, and then embroidered my um, my name in in the workout. You know, scoring sheet was you know the 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 most for me. And um, and obviously, you know, I was I was part of the uh, the Bolton Wanderers squad and and team that time. Obviously, uh, I was proud to represent as well the Bolton Wanderers um, uh, logo and T-shirt that time as well. Oh, it's, it's good to hear that. Certainly, um, you had a very very successful Tunisian side. In in fairness, I didn't realise that you'd won the uh, 2004 African Cup of Nations as well. 
Um, how do you think that that Tunisian side could have gone further in the World Cup if they'd have been a bit more lucky? Yes, definitely. That that was the disappointment bit in uh, after the World Cup. Um, I don't know if you heard about it. You know, that time I decided, you know, to leave the national team mm -hmm. after the World Cup because I wanted to express my disappointment uh, on myself and on my teammates as well, and the result and the way we manage the preparation for the World Cup. Um, but uh, that team, especially who won the African Nation 2004 going to the Confederation Cup 2005 and then be involved in an African Nation 2006 and we lost the semi-final, I think, or quarter-final against Nigeria in, in Egypt. And then we go we go to the uh, um, World Cup. We were, we were ready mentally, but not ready in other aspects. And this, is, this was the key for, for not succeeding the, the, the World Cup. We could want to, we could go into the second round in that World Cup despite the teams uh, in that group. So we, we drew we, we drew against our Saudi Arabia. With due, much risk, with, due to my, with my respect you know, to Saudi Arabia, we could win that game. We, just throw, we just throw it away. Uh, we did the mistakes because of sloppy goals. Lucky enough, we, we, we scored the, 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 the draw or the, the equalizer at the last minute. But then we, we went to Spain and then we were winning Spain 1-0 till 75 minutes. Obviously, some people will say, okay, some people will say, okay, uh, Tunisia can't win against Spain. But we had the chance to win it. Obviously, the, the, there is many uh, aspects that obviously um, uh, make it that we didn't win that game. And we conceded three goals last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, uh, but, you know, we, we go, we still have a hope to qualify in, 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 the, in the third game against Ukraine. Yeah. Um, which is in our level, but we didn't win that game. So we played without centre forward. We we conceded obviously penalty. I'm not sure about it, but again, so it's all all the aspect around, you know, the how we how we managed um, the preparation in a, in a World Cup and how we managed that, that during the World Cup. How we managed it was we went to it was wrong. So a bit disappointed personally because uh, we it was our last chance as a generation to. To, to showcase our potential and, and, and bring something back to the country, but we didn't do it. So, so yeah, it's a bit disappointed, but, you know, we had some good ups and, and downs, some good ups, you know, again, you know, uh, being, being involved in the World Cup um, and the qualification to World Cup was great. The, the African Nation 2004, the Confederation Cup 2005, all, all, all these are really positive, you know, for my generation. And I think, you know, we still, we still, um, obviously, having that on our back um, and up in our shoulders. And 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 every time, you know, we're proud of it when we discuss about it. Well, bear in mind, you're talking to to two English people, so we know all about World Cup disappointments, Roddy. So we we, we can. We <laughs> yeah, we we had a tiny good level. Um, and uh, I can't wait, you know, to transfer that to the to the football industry in general. Yeah, we've sort of gone a bit off piece there. We'll come back to your uh, your managerial career in a moment, but just to go back to um, how you came about leaving Bolton. I, I certainly remember at the time not wanting you to leave. I, th I thought you still had a couple more years left with us. Um, how did that move to Birmingham come about? I think I think you know the I don't know if I can call it clash, you know, but. 
But you know, um, when I first signed for Bolton Wonders, I signed obviously a contract for potential for potentially a review in in half of that season. So 2004-2005 season was about was about you know I signed the contract. Um, it was like a minimum in everything, even financially. Um, but we had the deal of like have a negotiation in December time or, or during the halfway of that season. Um, I I don't know what's happened with, with the agents and all that stuff, you know, and, and the club. But I, the only thing I know, we, we need to have a negotiation, um, uh, renegotiation uh, halfway of the season in relation to my performance. So... I, I precise in relation to my performance. And I remember I have the best six months of my career, of my life in that moment. Obviously, as I said, I scored goals. I won, we won games with my teammates and we had a really good performance uh, that, that preseason. And then I, I had an answer from obviously somebody that, that we're not going to negotiate my contract. So what, that was disappointment, the first disappointment. Okay. Um, uh, but, then, but then after that, uh, I carried on. Um, I was not happy, but I carried on train. I carried on playing games for the for the club, and I have no issue. I enjoyed my time in Bolton Wonders. I really enjoyed my time with my teammates, and I still, still, you know, um, uh, fulfilling my my duty. Um, that season finished. Um, I went to Germany for for the Confederation 2005. That's where, obviously, both uh, Samaladais and Bolton Wonders decide, obviously, to renew my contract, which is good news. Um, and then uh, I was happy with it. And, uh, obviously, I came back 2005 ready to to put, again, a shift and, and help the, the team in Europe and, obviously, in the Premier League. Um, but, obviously, the I think Samaladais and, and his uh, advisors, they're so, so, they're so different. I think, you know, there is an approach from Birmingham from Steve Bruce. Birmingham and Steve Bruce, I think they had um, they were relegated that season, and they needed you know they needed someone like myself, obviously good heading, you know the championship level. So they needed someone to get them back to the Premier League, which is something that um, I understand, I understood when I moved to Birmingham. Uh, but before that, um, the I, again going back to to the issues where I want to play on continuously, I want to play on a, on a weekly basis. I want to be involved and I want to play 90 minutes. I want to be involved and helping the team. It was not the case at Bolton. And Samaladais, he, he, he was clear with his, with his you know, philosophy that I'm not going to be playing every game. Um, so, so it was a decision-making So uh, for, for myself, but also for Samaladais to advise me just to go to Birmingham if I want to play you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, that's where, obviously, I, um, I, I, through my agent, we we contacted, you know, obviously Birmingham, and then we, we uh, straight away, obviously, uh, uh, moved to to Birmingham. And then when I moved there, I find Bruno Gotti there. I was, was going to say, like, yeah, Bruno's following <laughs> I thought, you around. I thought, I thought, Bruno, what are you doing here? So I thought <laughs> I left Birmingham, I left Bolton, because because obviously you're there. But I'm, I I understand that Samaladais wanted to. Um, to uh, uh, rely on on some younger younger players, uh, potential of the leaders, uh, and then obviously renew um, and and keep the team and keep the performance uh, uh, consistent in 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 Bolton Wanderers. 
Um, so I'm speaking about that because I'm a manager now, I'm a coach, and I know what it means about it. But at that time, it was really emotional for me. Again, again, I, I want to clarify that I didn't want to leave Bolton. If if somebody does tell me, yeah, well, there's a possibility for you to to play continuously, it depends on your performance, I would stay. I yeah. loved Bolton. My family loved Bolton. My daughter, she was there. Um, um, I remember Anne. I know she hit me now, and she was our neighbors, and she helped my my wife and my my daughter, and we're still in contact with her. Oh, and really? uh, we were really good. We were good, you know. It was a good connection, and we enjoyed our time at Bolton. Unfortunately, football, football, uh, especially football players, you know, life is not stable, um, and you, you have to always move, you know, to a different, you know, um, objective and to a different, you know, uh, you know, uh, directions. Um, and even when I went to Birmingham, you, you saw what what's happened. So we, I was involved in 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 Birmingham, you know, all that season, and then we we got them back to the Premier League. So, um, in in end of the day, it was satisfying move for me. Um, but in the back of my head, I still feel that why why why, um, or oh, I would love to stay at Bolton that year, at mm-hmm. least that year. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it is a shame. Obviously, having Bruno and Gotti there must have helped you to sort of adapt to going to Birmingham. I, I presume the two of you are still still friends now. Yeah, uh, I didn't hear from Bolton since long time now, a couple of years ago. But I heard that he's he's coaching as well back in France uh, in the Lyon region. So uh, that's the only news from 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 Bruno. Um, uh, unfortunately for Bruno, I think that year I think he played a couple of games. That season, and he had uh, had an issue with Steve Bruce, so he didn't fit. He didn't. We didn't play continuously, you know, throughout the season. But um, but I really respect, you know, Bruno. He's really experienced, you know, player. Uh, I enjoyed my time with him. I would love to speak to him if he's uh, if he's around. So it would be good. It would be good. No, certainly. I mean, same, same as any same as any, any player from Bolton Wanderers era. So no, of course. Uh, like yeah. it's good to hear that you had good camaraderie with all the players there because we could certainly see that that was. Very, uh, it made for a successful team. Um, and and you... this is this was the key. I think this was the key. We had a really good c- connection. If you look at the, if you look at the squad, we had like a, at least fifteen different nationality in in the team. And uh, what Samaladais and his staff did that time well is is to keep the spirit and the atmosphere really cool, cool, enjoyable. I I, I can't remember one day. Even the, ta- the the bad times, I can't remember one day I was not enjoying. Uh, I'm look for, looking forward to go to train and 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 see the guys. It was really good. Uh, besides, we had you know some French speaking you know uh, players like El Hajjouf, JJ, Kocha, Karilo Fatiga. Um, uh, what's he called? Uh, um, the advanced on Candela as well. Yeah, Vincent Candelin, the, the the first the first couple of um, uh, months before he get injured, um, we, we had really good. We had yeah, Bruno Gotti, um, Abdullah Fai, <laughs> Abdullah Fai. You know, all all these stuff. You know, is good. Make it easier for me to speak French. Yeah. Uh, if I go back to it, it was not good. You know, to speak French while we have some English speaking as well. But but in general, it was enjoyable. Changing room, uh, atmosphere, training uh, on and off the pitch, uh, and and uh, the connection it was good and still in touch with some of them of course uh, at this time. 
No, it's very, very good to hear that, certainly. Um, obviously, you then went to Birmingham, got promoted, as you said, uh, and then after Birmingham, Southampton and get promoted again. What was it like being so successful in the lower leagues? Yeah, I became speciality after that, despite my age. Obviously. <laughs> A lucky charm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think that's what made me... Um, what my what my, kept me going and and kept you know the teams you know use my uh, obviously my quality at a certain extent you know when you go what what I discovered in a championship when I went to Birmingham was was tough league it was tough uh, physical you know long in terms of the season like very long um, and then um, a lot of ups and downs there is a lot of challenges all the teams can win the other teams um, and you have to to be really experienced with a good, you know, understanding of the game for you to be able to to keep yourself, you know, on the top of that league and then qualified to the or, 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 or promoted to the Premier League or get promoted because because you know not sure not sure even if you make it to the playoffs that you're gonna make it to the league. So it, it was tough league, and that yeah I learned a lot from from uh, from uh, from that. Uh, kind of uh, level, and uh, I enjoyed. Of course, I always enjoy playing football, but I learned a lot from in terms of consistency, in terms of managing the the games and managing, you know, the results, managing, managing the, the 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 players you played against, and the, some of like uh, hard, you know, games you played home and away. So, so uh, spent good three years in in Birmingham. Uh, promotion, relegation, and then promotion again. And I was involved in in three of them, <laughs> and uh, um, and obviously that gave gave me again you know good knowledge, uh, but also a, sp- a speciality you know that's what I think makes Southampton. And go back to uh, my point, Alan Pardew was coaching Southampton that time. That's where he, that's where he obviously he um, he uh, asked me if I want to be involved in Southampton young team. Uh, Southampton that time they wanted obviously to to go back to the Premier League, but it was a process. And um, he needed some experienced players, some some experienced um, uh, players who can give him, give some balance to the team with the young players around, give some direction to the young players and, and give us, of course, the, provide their service, you know, to the team. So that's how or what happens um, uh, uh, between Birmingham and Southampton. How was it like coming back to Bolton with Birmingham in 2007-8 season? Uh, I didn't want to play, to be fair. Um, really? I, I felt, I felt, I felt like um, again, you know, that time was a bit too early for me to go back to to Bolton when I, like I said, when I didn't wanted to go back to Bolton, uh, mm-hmm. when I wanted to go to stay at Bolton. So I, I basically played against my teammates. Um, Despite there is a bit of change with where Anelka, I think he came to, to that team, and there's yeah, some yeah. some other players. Um, um, but I think I think Sam Aladice left that time already. He had, uh, yeah. He, he was. It would have been Gary Megson in charge. I yeah, I think he was in Newcastle. But then, but then, but then, you know, was weird moment for me. Um, uh, again, you know, uh, we knew that Bolton was. At a certain extent, you know, they have they have a good balance of team with some good players. So we have to go, we have to go and challenge and try to win that game. But um, we lost that game. Uh, but I enjoyed, obviously, uh, I enjoyed see the fans back to Rebook Stadium, um, see my my teammates, my former teammates, and 
and and and have a chat with them and after before and after the game all that is 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 beautiful but again inside me i would probably go and watch the game better than be involved to be fair <laughs> well so, some players don't get a very nice reception when they come back but i, I certainly remember you getting a nice one so i, I think you're one of the yeah. lucky ones right yeah well uh, look look i i i i have um, a good uh, and positive uh, and respectful respectful connection with with the bolton fans all day long um, I can't remember had any like a bad clash or any bad, you know, uh, um, a kind of like connection with them. I always always enjoyed, you know, um, see the fans, cheer the players up, cheer me up, you know, when especially when I score goals, I go to the fans, which mm-hmm. is something, you know, make that link and connection between me and the fans. I always enjoyed my time there and it's the highlight, one of the highlights in my career, so. That what make it, you know, um, Bolton Wonders special for me. It's very good to hear that. Very good. But final thing from me before we go on to the uh, the Twitter questions. Um, you talk about how Alan Pardew sort of set you on the path to becoming going into management at Southampton. Was it always the plan for you to do that? Had you always wanted to be a manager? Uh, no, obviously Alan Pardew was was the was the key for me to move to Southampton for Birmingham to Southampton. If you want to speak about influence and in management. Um, obviously, um, uh, of course, Alan Pardew was one of them. I always, you know, looked at Alan Pardew the way he managed and the way he dealing with, you know, with the, with the, with coaching and managing the players. Okay. But I think, I'm you sorry. know, um, I think in terms of influences, I think the first one was um, uh, um, Roger Lemaire. He's a French. French, a French manager who coached me uh, and managed me in in Tunisian team, start from 2003-2004, going till 2007, I think, or six. Um, I learned a lot from him, uh, especially the discipline, um, um, the professionalism, um, and many other uh, values that that I really like about him. Um, but there is people like Nigel Atkins. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much. I can I can explain his positivity that guy. Um, yeah, you can see it in his interviews. He's always he's always bubbly, isn't he? It's, it's very positive. Uh, but he's the one who gave me you know the hint of of like a, you can because we had a really good uh, relationship and he always I always speak to him like individually and then try to learn from him. Um, so he's the one who probably give the idea in my head and then uh, he told me yeah you see you can be. You can be someone who working with the players, and that's what straight away tricked my, in, in my head, and then uh, ticked in my head, and then I said, "Yeah, I can be coach, I can be manager, I can be someone who's around the players." That's where I started to to think about my qualification, my badges, and this is back to 2000, I think, 11, 12 wow. uh, season. So, so I I learned a lot from all the managers I I um, I worked under. Since I was in Tunisia, uh, what is what is special about Tunisia? We, especially in Esperance, we had a lot of managers, you know, from different, you know, countries. We had the Italian, we had the Brazilian, we had the Germans, we had the French, we had the Tunisian coaches, and every coach has his own, you know, style and own philosophy. And every coach you can learn from. Um, so, so when I, when I, when I had the injury, long-term injury in two thousand. Um, 11, 2011, uh, 2012 season, 
uh, after our promotion to the championship with uh, with Southampton, um, I was like, you know, sitting a lot in a pre in a in a physio room uh, and in a changing room. That's where I started to think, I started to use my leadership, I started to use my experience as the old player to to help the team, whatever I can help, even you know you know some words you know in the champ in, in changing room for for some young for the young players or, or or speaking to the young players you know the right way the positive way that that helped you help you understand yourself and how you communicate and these are the timing where you learn about you know yourself and and as i said you know how to communicate to, with the with the with the teammates and probably the younger players uh with that um southampton obviously Give me the opportunity to be involved in with the back room staff in the academy and learn from the expertise in the academy. Southampton Academy always, you know, known as one of the best, you know, academy in in in, in England and in Europe in general. And mm-hmm. uh, I had the I had the uh, the the opportunity and the chance to be involved in this academy and learn from the expertise from from technical directors, from coaches, from football directors, from 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 um, coaches and managers will be involved in in Southampton, you know, seniors, um, and then yeah, I started, you know, to build, you know, the knowledge, start to build, you know, the, the the knowledge of coaching and and how to coach on the pitch, and I went through cycles, obviously, through at least three cycles of of learning and and, and you know uh, finding myself um, till now. So so yeah. It's, it's been a long journey, to be fair. No, very much. I, 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 sounds like you've sort of been through all the emotions, all the ringers to be able to get you to where you are today. You must be very proud as well to see some of the kids that you coached at Southampton and the youth team make it into the first team as well. I presume you work with the likes of Michael Obafemi, maybe? Yeah, one one of the proudest moments as a coach is is to see players develop from from age to another age group or from, from 23s to the senior. Um, obviously, I, I was I was lucky to be in the 23s level, which is the the last step before the seniors and and the players come 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 ready, uh, come you know uh, ready to to move to the to the first team and you always finish that last bit um, and then and then teach them the last bit or support them in the last bit for them to make it. Uh, what was special about Southampton is they're not scared you know to give the opportunity to some some of the players who show potential and show will and desire you know to to uh, to make it in the first team um, and uh, and be part of that process is, is amazing because you know that that helped me to to understand the players characteristic and players mentality um, and help them and support them on that aspect that's very right I think um that's all my questions for you that's all righty we're going to move on to a some Twitter questions. Uh, I, I can already tell you now that one of them is going to be about who you're going to be managing next, and I'll, I'll leave James to tell you which team. Well, I'm not saying anything. Uh, but, but before um, quick, before I quickly run on to Twitter questions, I have um, one of my own, and it's a little bit different, shall we say? Um, like you are still like a practicing Muslim or whatever. Is that true? Or uh, but yeah, of course. Um, I practice. My religion is, is Muslim. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so obviously I'm Tunisian. I'm Tunisian and, and Muslim, yeah. Right, so so I have so I have to ask that. I don't know if this issue ever came about, but I've always been curious to ask uh, someone, what's it like playing football while you're doing all your fasting and stuff? Because to me, that sounds inc- like an incredibly difficult time to be a footballer. Yes, yes. Uh, um, it it variates from person uh, to another, um, and it's not it's not a, it's not a religion. I'm, I'm speaking now. It's not a religion point of view. I'm speaking about scientific scientific point of view. Um, some some players that can play fasting at highest level without any issue. Um, some players that can't. Um, and uh, obviously, the the main thing I think you need to you need to understand and know yourself, uh, and have the the advice of the expert who can help you uh, get through that that month. It's 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 not easy. It's a hard it's a hard to play football. It's physical, uh, but some players they can get through it like easily. Oh, that's fair. Oh, that's fair enough. Sorry for the difficult question there, there Roddy. <laughs> Um, no, it's not difficult. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, right, right. So we'll move on to Twitter questions now. First of all, coming from my uh, our own Eddie Skelly. Um, what was it like being the teammate of El Hadjouf? <laughs> uh, crazy, yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, actually, actually, Hadjouf is a very clever player uh, and a person. Uh, and very interesting, you know, character that you you need to have the right observation skill and understand skill for you to to deal with him. El Hajjouf, El Hajjouf on the pitch and in the games are totally different to El Hajjouf outside the pitch. Um, and and again, so uh, being being around El Hajjouf in the changing room and on the pitch and outside the pitch as a teammate. It's always, it's always, you know, entertaining for me as a quiet person. I was always quiet, and I like to observe and learn from from people. Uh, but being around Hajduf is quite interesting and entertaining, you know, uh, moment that allows you to to learn. Uh, as simple as that. He has his own strengths and weaknesses as a character, but you have to accept Hajduf as he as he is. Um, mm. I don't think it was the case on the pitch for some fans. <laughs> No, no, that's fair enough. Um, we talked a lot about your um, teammates and your competition, like at centre back. But um, a few of the la- a few of the lads want to know, like Nathan, Aaron, Flip, and Al, want to know who was your favourite centre back partner at Bolton Wanderers. Uh, I still go back to Bruno Gotti as a favourite centre back. Um, again, like I explained earlier, Gotti has the potential to to adjust and adapt himself to the centre back uh, partner. Uh, and that's a, a very good skill that allows you to to um, to showcase your potential as a as a partner. Fair enough. Um, got a question here from Drew asking, how do you think the African Cup of Nations scheduling affected Bolton Wanderers, considering the amount of African players that were there? Right. Yeah, it was affecting hugely. And Samuel Dice, I think, he was not happy with that kind of. He was always, you know. Um, uh, speaking about yeah, whether whether you whether you stop the national team, <laughs> or or he was like uh, you go at last minute. Uh, at the end of the day, he came back with uh, with an idea that he sent 
he sends uh, two of uh, our physios and medical to to follow the players in Africa, African nation to their teams and then give them support. So I don't think he was a fan of it. Um, I'm now as a coach and as a manager, I try to uh, obviously give my opinion into get the African nation in a, uh, every four years, same as uh, we heard lately. Um, that will help the African players to establish themselves in, in their leagues, especially in Europe, and then showcase their potential and keep them consistently performing um, in the highest level. Um, speaking of Sam Allardyce, um, Josh Hayes wants to know, what's the best thing that Sam Allardyce has ever taught you? It can be manager-related or playing-related, your choice. Oh, yeah. Um, going back to to my time at Bolton, I realised that um, he was really good in into um, established establishing the right uh, uh, environment for 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 any players who come. So, um, so so Sam, I think he, uh, despite you know his 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 uh, his philosophy, playing philosophy, and he the way he want to play on the pitch. But I think outside the pitch, he provided the right support. Uh, to the players in general to to get the, the most out of them. Uh, and this is key. So man management, one of the challenges that uh, the managers, you know, face, in, especially in highest level, um, and, and Sam was good on it. So uh, the first the first thing, you know, when I first came for, to, to Bolton Wonders, Sam Aladais, he said, you know, you um, we need to meet uh, every Thursday, I think, with with our partners, if you want, or wives, uh, for a dinner, all the players for the dinner. Um, and you must, if you don't come, you pay a week of your wages. So we did that for a couple of weeks, and that basically, you know, makes the, the link and the relationship between players and partners or players and wives very strong. And then that's where I started, you know, to to see the benefit of it, where everyone, we wanted to go for dinner or every Thursday, you know, without even the, the, the clubs, you know, uh, once... Uh, and this is one of the things that you know he he did, but he did a lot of stuff. You know, obviously we built we built the new training grounds. You know, with a lot of facilities like the ice bath and the hot bath, with the with the psychologist around us, with a lot of you know um, uh, infrastructures like the you know, the uh, the gym. Um, um, we had the war room. We, we, we obviously he he provided the right the world class you know support to the players to to get their uh, performance as high as possible. Yeah, Sam was often credited uh, for the likes of being the one of the big innovators of bringing sports science and stuff to to the English game and and things like that. Did he implement that much with you that side of the that side of the game? Yes, yes. So 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 I was lucky enough to be to see that in 2004. 2004 I don't think some of the some of the Premier League clubs they're not even Using the uh, uh, what's it called the video um, analysis, you know, um, yeah. tool. Um, um, I think Bolton Wonders was paying, you know, the um, uh, pro zone uh, that time. And, and one of the innovation, one of the innovation that helped us, you know, technically and tactically uh, to 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 learn from ourselves and from the game and, and improve ourselves. Um, and and this is the is embedded in my this is what I learned and this is what I have you know as a manager now I use 
uh, innovation. I use creativity with my staff uh, and, and to the players and, and pass it to the players to, to get the most of them. I can't, I can't even begin to... Novel idea, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Novel. That's probably the best way to put it. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, so you spoke about earlier about your desire to always, you had the desire to play in the Premier League, but um, the question from a few people want to know is, one, had you ever heard of Bolton before you signed for them? <laughs> and two, uh, what actually um, sold you to move to, move to Bolton in the end? Uh, okay, so yeah, it, it's simple. So um, coming from Tunisia, um, and Tunisia a really passionate, passionate country who love football, uh, especially the Premier League. The only two clubs you hear about in 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 in, in England is is Manu and um, Arsenal at that time. No surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. So so when I first you know heard about Bolton, my wife she told me Boston. I said no, no, Bolton, Bolton Wanderers. Uh, that's why I started, you know, to learn about Bolton Wanderers. To be fair, so answered the questions. I didn't hear much about Bolton, you know, before Bolton came to me. But then when when Bolton came to me, I took it on board because Bolton in the Premier League, part of the Premier League, and I was happy to come all day long. Especially, especially when you hear at Bolton, there's JJ Kutcher. So <laughs> people like JJ Kutcher, people like Ivan Campo. Uh, they are internationally obviously known, um, and and then obviously you will be happy to be teammates with these kinds of players. And that's what I think Samaladais did really well as well in terms of uh, recruitment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you spoke about JJ. Um, Sean wants to know if he if he or was the best African player to play at Bolton, or did you have another name in mind? Uh. I think I think I remember what he called fish there, South African, but but I is totally different, you know, um, positions but on a pitch, but also totally different level. I think JJ Koche is by far the best African player to play in the Bolton Wonders. Uh, despite we have, like I said, you know, uh, El Hajjouf, he was good. Um, uh, for us, uh, we had uh, Kalilu Fatiga. It was good, but I think JJ is is is. I think he's so good. They called him twice. I love that. Yeah, I had the same, exact same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, okay. Um, two people have asked this question. Uh, what they want to know is. Um, who was the toughest opponent that you came against while you were playing in the Premier League? The top, the toughest. Yeah. Um, all right, there were two. Uh, that time, there were two um, that make it difficult for us. Um, sometimes we won against them. Sometimes we lose against them. Uh, uh, Drogba and uh, Thierry Henry. Uh, Drogba, Drogba is the type of the strikers you. You don't want to play against. He's technically good, but also physically strong, and he can impose himself on any type of defenders. And he can play for himself and for his teammates uh, with clever movement. So that what make him tough and what make him one of the best, you know, strikers in in in, in the history of the Premier League. Uh, same for Thierry Henry, clever uh, movement, pace, uh, and obviously had a, a bit of class uh, class touch. That uh, can make the difference in his finishing um, and scoring uh, 
and scoring uh, technique. So the, them two, I, I think they were the, one of the toughest I played against um, and obviously uh, enjoyed enjoyed the time playing, it, playing against them, of course. I'm going to reverse that question and say, is there anyone that you relish playing against? Like you were really looking forward to having to mark them or bully them all day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I see. I see the questions. I see the questions. But always as a as a player, I always wanted to play against the best to always to 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 assess myself, assess my level, and uh, and um, and obviously make my game more interesting. So I, I always, I always when when I feel out of my comfort zone, that's why I enjoy it. All right. So enough. playing it. So I think that's one of the reasons why we were so successful. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. No, that's no, that's fair enough. Um, only a, only a couple of questions left to go. Uh, Timmy Dougs wants to know. Um, what what's the funniest story from your from your time at Bolton? Oh my God! There's a lot of funny stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh well I need I need to focus a little bit get my get my brain back to that time. Um fifteen years ago is a lot, but um well there's a story, there's a voodoo story uh between JJ Okochi and El Hajjouf. So I think I think El Hajjouf always when he scored a goal, you remember he take his t shirt and there is a there is a uh, another white T-shirt with the with the person in his in his in picture of the person on that T-shirt, um, and and that that was a superstition for for Hajjouf, and is a is someone really high uh, valued in back in Senegal, so spiritually high valued, so it's probably in a level of kind of God or something like that. Um, but JJ Okochi was making a fun of him in a change agreement about you know that that person and that picture and, and the t-shirt. And it has Jufa told him, I warn you, JJ, don't don't make a fun of it. This is really, you know, um, that can go um, can, that can go back on you. So that can that can put you in trouble. JJ was laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, by chance, by chance, or by luck, the next day, JJ Okochi came back with them. Um, swollen lips we don't know what's happened i think his teeth or something like that he was really oh my god he was really in pain he was really in pain Hajjouf was making a fun of him he said i told you (laughs) and um it it was fun because because you know is is all it's all was in a in a a good timing and then uh, we all we all make make it fun of it and enjoyed it Um, so whenever Hajjouf isn't winding people up he's putting curses on them is what you're saying Exactly, that was a curse. Yeah, <laughs> my word. Oh, that's great. Um, that's a great yeah. Um, so, a question from um, one LDP. Apparently, um, what what was the thing you loved most, and the thing you don't miss about living in Bolton? Um, what I miss, what I miss most, is the Reebok Stadium. Just the Reebok Stadium, not with the new name. I understand there is a new maze and there's a commercial around it and all that stuff. Don't worry, I, I miss the Reebok Stadium. Yeah. I wish I go back again and I see Reebok Stadium and I see the same environment that I, uh, I uh, obviously I used to know. Okay, so I miss I miss the the atmosphere and the uh, 
the the whole concept of the Rubok Stadium. Okay. Um, um, I used to live in New Chirley Road, which is a long road that split. I think, you know, the 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 city, you know, in in two. And that new new Chile road always take you from from Rebook City and take me back to home. So that that kind of uh, reference I have all day long, uh, which is something I miss. Um, and uh, I would I would go back just especially to see that, to 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 get my memory, refresh my memory. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't sound like you've had much chance to come back to Bolton since. You I, d- I, d- I didn't. I didn't match. I didn't really. I didn't. I don't. This is. I don't know why. Probably my engagement into football. Football is really uh, taking my whole time. Um, I don't go back to Tunisia often now, so it, it's it's not that easy for me to have a free time. I always find I always find it difficult to to get my own time. Um, whether I go back to Tunisia or go back to places that I would uh, refresh my memory from. Um, but yeah. Um, I have some pictures, I have some videos I always go back to and that, that uh, give me, you know, a little bit of uh, refreshing. I can't, I can't, I can't really uh, remember something I don't wish to remember about, about Bolton, you know. I think naturally probably I forget about it, but, but it, um, it's been 15 years. Um, I always remember the good, good stuff. The weather, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Oh my God! That was a shock uh, uh, as well, Tom. I think it was a shock for me. The first day I came to Bolton was uh, was in August, coming back, coming come to Bolton in August. I left Tunisia that time in in the airport. It was like 45 degrees. I'm not exaggerating. Like summer, really nice weather, beach, you know, weather, and then and then go to Bolton. I was like expecting, okay, it's Europe. I was expecting, you know, not really that warm, but not that cold. It was raining and it was grey in Bolton. <laughs> it always Shocking. is. Mate. It always is. <laughs> Shocking. The weather, right. yeah, definitely, does, definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely. The weather was was poor <laughs> all day long, especially in especially in 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 the winter time, like December. Oh my god. <laughs> I can imagine. I was the last I can... one to come out from the changing room. Uh, I mean, I suppose you would have adapted by the time you'd left for the USA, but I bet the changing weather between us and the States is quite welcome as well. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, one of our p- penultimate questions from uh, Harry Hall. Um, do you have a favourite memory with the fans of Bolton Wanderers? Um, my my snake celebration. <laughs> I I used to uh, I used to have like a snake celebration and it goes straight to the fan when I score goals. So I always enjoy that. I see the fans' reaction and the passion they show and then the engagement. I really enjoyed it. Oh, certainly. There's still videos that the uh, the two seasons that you were with us, Roddy. There's a season review DVD. So all the goals that you scored and the celebrations are there for everyone to see. Oh, really? Where where is that? I don't know where where I can find it. I think I think if you were to look them up on Amazon, they might be available for purchase. Maybe not in America, but certainly over here, um, they're still in circulation. Uh, okay, it would be good. It would be good, you know, to have that because I always, you know, looking for the games and when I watch the games and I want to watch them tactically, exactly how how it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed obviously watching the uh, previews that Bolton uh, Twitter account I think put the last couple of uh, days. Obviously, due to this crisis, the Verona crisis, um, but you know, I enjoyed them. 
Yeah. Well, if anyone from the club's listening, um, sort Riley out with those 2004-2006 season DVDs. Yeah. Um, one more question is there James yeah. yeah the final question and I'm sh- and it's the one we've been putting off but we have to ask it now um, if the opportunity ever came to manage Bolton would you take it uh, yeah definitely I think you know it's 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 always it's always a pleasure it's always good make it more special when you played for the team and then you coach or manage that team um, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, one day our our obviously paths will cross over. You know, with Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Do, do you think, do you think that'll be in England with another club, or or with us, or or is that too speculative to ask? Really? It it would be so. Sorry, say again. Um, do, do you think that will be with with us, or do you think it, that would just be uh, any club in England? So, say for example, if you're offered. I don't know. Um, say like I don't know the Derby job or something in England. Um, would you, would yeah, I see. I see. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So obviously, I don't know. I don't know when this opportunity will appear and uh, and how uh, and what is the circumstances uh, will look like. Um, again, you know, my my ambition is to is to is to take a job in the Premier League in the future. Okay, I'm I'm I'm. I'm a new in, uh, in in management, but I have a really good desire and ambition, you know, to make it as high as I can. Um, now, one of the one of the one objective is to coach and and manage in in, in England in general. Okay, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who and when and and where. Um, for the moment, as I said, as a as a former uh, uh, Bolton Wanderers player, now now a manager. It would be special for me to take Bolton Wanderers because I played for that club and I have a history uh, about it, and uh, it would be enjoyable for sure. Well, well, you came with a lot of um, plaudits and credit from your from your work with the under twenty threes. I'm surprised you weren't offered any any management gigs at, at a first team level from any club, really. I'm uh, I'm waiting, so I'm hopefully hopefully that will come in the future. No, I, th- I think you certainly would be is... uh, welcome anywhere in, over in England, Roddy. It seems that you're doing a very, very good job, and I wish you all the all the luck in the world at Hartford. I hope it goes very well for you. Thank you very much. So obviously, this experience with Hartford will give me more, more of more of uh, learning. But I'm uh, I'm looking forward, you know, to hear from the English team. So we'll brilliant, see. brilliant. Uh, thanks, thanks, James, for doing the sorts of questions, and thank you, Roddy, for for your time. I know, obviously, as I've said, it's a very difficult time for everyone at the moment, but. Uh, I'm sure this will really help people get through this lockdown period, being able to listen to you reminisce about your time at Bolton. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the last bit, I want to I wanna obviously uh, salute and uh, send my regards to all, all Bolton fans and all, all Bolton-related fans uh, all over the, the world. Uh, I wish them, obviously, um, all the best. The main thing at this time of, of, the, uh, of our, our uh, area era is is to to be safe and uh, make sure you know we and hopefully we'll go back you know and enjoy our our lives you know in in uh, as soon as possible we send all our regards to you as well and like i say best of luck with your job thank you guys no problem at all thank you very right, much right i think if that's everything boys uh, it's time to say goodbye uh, thank you very much for listening to episode 134 of the line of the street podcast and uh, we hope you really enjoyed listening to special guest Roddy Jardy. thank you everyone